Super Rage. to my dotile sounds. My dotile tones. <laughs> Welcome back to Rules of Red, the DD podcast where we this is Rules of DD. Now you may have noticed from the title, this one is a little bit different, and one that has been long promised. And long thought about. Yeah, we've been spitballing this for a while. We're gonna give you our ideas for level 20 abilities. Yeah, since we were shitting on them so much when we went through <laughs> the classes, we thought maybe we should try our hand in seeing like what we would like to see. Exactly. So we've made a few. We're going to go over the Barbarian, Bard, Cleric, Druid today. Yeah. And I think a kind of overall guiding theme for us when we were making these was our inspiration was that we wanted something that wasn't just a simple like your combat is easier now. Yeah, like, something that can be used outside of combat, as well as accentuating the natural aspects of your class. Yeah, and it might not necessarily have to be about combat either. Like, I think maybe level 20 feats and things like that have the opportunity to spice up a game that's already probably super hard to run. If you're actually running a game <laughs> with, like, level 20 players, I mean, you're probably not thinking about, like, uh, I mean, you could just make um, harder and harder creatures, but it's like, uh, you, you likely as a DM have no idea what your players are capable of because it's like, it's impossible it get, Yeah, it gets really nebulous <laughs> the end, doesn't it? When people get access to Wish, then it's... <laughs> yeah, right? Like, Dragon Ball Z rules apply. Yeah. <laughs> so let's jump in. Yeah. The Barbarian. So, the Barbarians was one that I had the pleasure of playtesting. <laughs> yeah, this is straight from one of our games. Yeah, this was not a level 20 feat. We were like level 11 or something, but it was a magic item. Yeah, we've tweaked it. We've made it a bit more powerful. Yeah, and it scales, I think. <laughs> so this is called Super Rage. <laughs> yeah, it's a accentuated rage. Yeah, we wanted to lean into like the Incredible Hulk with this, I think. I think that's kind of the natural place to go. Some might call it cliche. I think it's fun. <laughs> I think it's fun, Jay. <laughs> yeah, uh, so like the regular rage that a barbarian goes through, I think maybe if you had to visualize it, it doesn't look too different. Like maybe you get a little angry, you know, like maybe- I mean, I mean, it's called rage. Yeah, so like, what does that look like though? Maybe it could be like, Dragon Ball Z before they got to Super Saiyan, where it's like, oh, muscles are a little bit more bulgy, <laughs> you know? But we wanted something, like, dramatic. Yeah. So this is the dramatic thing that I think some people would really enjoy. So you are limited to one of these per long rest, basically one a day. Unlike your normal rages, where you can do, you'll be doing six, won't you? Yeah, if you're level 20. Mm. So you can do this once per long rest, and you get some buffs. Yeah, so much more than the normal range. That's the first thing. Firstly, it changes your stats. Yep. Strength, dexterity, constitution, and charisma all go up by two. Yeah, charisma because it's scary, not because you talk good. You, yeah. talk, you talk very <laughs> bad. <laughs> Intelligence and wisdom both go down by four. So that's the big yeah thing to consider you're not gonna make any saving throws with this now yeah now that's one of the reasons we did this we didn't just do it because we thought hulk dumb kind of thing mm. the idea is that even though you are really really good at 
a lot of things now because you've probably min-maxed a bit. You're going to be pushing over 20. This can take you over 20, by the way. There's a few other things that have that caveat, and this is one of them. Mm. So you can go above 20 with these stats. You're going to be dealing out some harsh damage, but you are really going to have to watch out for magic casters because you're going to be failing a lot of your throws. Yeah, so strength, obviously. Dex, this will help out with your AC because of unarmored defense. So, I mean, it's going to go up considerably. And your constitution will also go into that. So your AC is going to be nuts. Yeah, it's going to get a plus four to your AC. Yeah. I'm starting to regret it now I've said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, level 20, you want something that's just like, you're a big, beefy boy. There's lots of stuff that you can do... Like, as a DM, there's lots of ways that you can... Yeah, magic is the way to tackle That's this. the way, right? Yeah. Because it's like you have such a huge deficit in intelligence and wisdom that it's like pretty easy to target you. The plus with your con as well will up your HP by 40. Yeah, that's another mean? thing. Yeah. So you are going to be an absolute unit. Yeah, you big, you big boy. Problem is, again, magic. Yeah, and this will last for 1d4 hours as well. And that is uncontrollable, mm. as how we played it. So you, whereas like normal rage, I mean, it lasts a minute. I don't know if you can turn it off normally, but it's just a minute and it doesn't really change anything else. I don't remember so. exactly, but yeah. It doesn't really affect anything. This quite does affect a lot of things, as we'll get into. And it will last for 1d4 hours no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So this is also an element of roleplay comes into it. Yeah. You're super raging, your intelligence, your wisdom. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a big dumb barbarian. You don't have yeah. to do that voice and stuff. But maybe you just make uh, less wise decisions and things. Yeah, maybe you could have a kind of Mr. Hyde version of it, right? Where it's mm. like this is like a alter ego or something. There's like an opportunity for you to have a different personality that doesn't necessarily have less, but can just be different than what you normally roleplay. Yeah. One of the extras you get, because there's three more, your speed goes up by 10 foot. So you're a little bit quicker. Yeah, you fast boy. Makes sense with the added decks. Yeah. Your jump, you can jump 20 feet. Yeah, you can jump an additional 20 feet. An additional 20 feet. Yeah, so that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. That's fun. Yeah, that was always making me think of the... The Hulk movie with, what's his name? Like the original Hulk movie from the 90s, because that's, that's the original for me. Where I haven't seen it. I, he, I just, the only thing I remember from it was that his emotions were weird and that he jumped really crazy high. And that was Yeah, like that, that is just a Hulk thing, isn't it? Hulk okay. Well, that's where it comes from for me because I'm a 90s guy. <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't as broken as it may first because they're still going to be taking disengage attacks of opportunity. Yeah. If you can plan around it, there's ways to still immobilize the barbarian. The big boy. Oh, you're also a size class higher. You are also a size class higher. Yeah, so... I was just about to get onto that. <laughs> so you go up one size class, which means there may be some doorways you can't fit into. This is something that you're going to have to think about as a DM. They're not immune to any status effects. So status effects... Yeah, other than another... the normal, like, whatever it is that you... Like, when you're raging, you're immune to fear. Yeah. Right, so that preserves, but nothing additional. Yeah. So status effects are a good way to deal with this. Magic is a good way to deal with this. We've tried to balance this. It, like, you're going to be dealing a lot of damage out. And as a DM, you should be prepared for that. 
mm -hmm. you should be ready for that. And it's a long time. 1d4 hours is quite a while. Yeah. And I mean, you can lean into that, like, it would be fun to have things to squish. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you're having a surface campaign, maybe you're not in the deep dark dungeons so much. Uh -huh. If you if you have a need to super rage while you're in a village, like say that some barbarians attack, well, not barbarians, but <laughs> say some bandits attack. My people, you are the big bad. <laughs> and you beat them all, but now you're still raging for another two hours. Like, how is that interacting yeah, with the villagers? Yeah, you have to. This is not like the happily ever after type of D and D. This is the wait. What happens now? <laughs> we beat the big bad. And the last thing that we're going to talk about with barbarian is the death save. Yeah. So, so what's that about? If you have not raged and you're reduced to zero HP, you return with one HP in super rage. <laughs> yeah, and this could be hilarious, <laughs> yes. right? The caveat of like, you haven't raged probably means that you haven't entered formal combat, which mm. means that I'm assuming this will be a circumstance where it's like, uh, I don't know, some- An assassin finds you. Yeah, it has it's like, ah, I got you. Oh, you, oh, you, you fucked, fucked up. up. You fucked the fuck up. <laughs> Exactly. So again, this doesn't come into it much because if you are in combat, if you are trying to beat down on the barbarian a bit, this won't come into it because they're probably already raging. Yeah. Even if they're not super raging, it doesn't matter. Yeah. This is more of like a, if you remember this, it could be hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> so that's the barbarian. The next thing. The bard. The bard. Now, we wanted to make something that was buffing people. And also a little bit silly. Yeah, a little right. bit silly. Bards are always ridiculous <laughs> in my games. But also something that does have a serious kind of competitive edge as well. Yeah. Uh, we toyed with a few things, buffing. We decided to make it affect everyone. So this affects friend and foe. Mm -hmm. And it's a song. Yeah, so you write a song. Now you have to spend time writing this song. You have to put a certain amount of hours into it. We didn't exactly come to a conclusion on how many hours. Eight hours was the like figure we were spitballing. But as a DM, do it to your campaign. How many hours should they dedicate to writing this song? And that will really dictate its cooldown because they could spend a week writing this song or something. Mm -hmm. Once you've written this song, you may perform this song. Now the song is consumed, so you have to rewrite the song. Each yeah. Time. Nobody wants uh, to listen to the same thing twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, like the magic just takes it out of your brain and it's yeah. now dissipated into the weave. Mm -hmm. But what does it do? Well, for the next round, everybody who rolls a dice within earshot, so this is quite a versatile range, everybody who rolls a dice rolls an additional d6. If they are a friend of the bard, you add that d6 to every roll. Yeah. If they are foes of the bard, you minus that d6 to every roll. Right. So that's a pretty big scaling effect, I yeah. think. The only caveats will be if there's some like, roll a d4 to refresh something. Like if there's clear balance issues, you may have to home rule that. I mean, this is already a home rule. Home rule the home rule. <laughs> uh, DMs, but I doubt that will come up. 
I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but maybe there's some magic items that that will in interact with wacky, wacky-like. Yeah, and additionally, we were thinking that while you're playing the song, you can choose whether or not everyone has to dance. Everyone has to dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this comes with some real-world effects, too. Mm. So if you're dancing, you can't be casting spells with somatic components to them. Because you're dancing. Because you got to use those hands to move those glow sticks. <laughs> so you can only cast verbal spells. Yeah, you can only cast verbal spells. And now this affects both your friends and your foes. Yeah. So talk with your party. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is also a good crowd control. If you're fighting a lich or something, and they've got more magic than you, maybe it's time to boogie on down. Yeah, and honestly, like, there are many situations where forcing everybody to dance can only be a hilarious option, <laughs> right? I mean, like, in a level 20 campaign where things might be very, like, high gravitas, Yeah. right? Would you put any limitations on, like, you know, what's the power? Like, can you do this to a god? Does the god have to dance? They have I think, to have limbs. I think gods, gods don't even have stat blocks. If right. it's got a stat block, it has to dance. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, effectively no limitation. You on can this. make Orcus dance. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah the... that kind of thing. So, it, it doesn't mean they're happy. You haven't charmed them in any way. They just feel. Yeah, they still hate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still. And probably more so now. <laughs> uh, but they are no longer in control of their body. Yeah, and they can still attack you. Like, they can still use weapons and verbal spells against you. They just have to put it into a sick move. Yeah, they can flail around. We were thinking about giving disadvantage to everyone as well, but that might just be, it's, it's just too powerful with the d6 to every roll, which is a lot. That'll add up to a lot of extra damage, a lot yeah. of extra hits, and a lot of misses that you'll take. Um, yeah. it, it, just, it was just way too much power to give the bard. But this is something that, as a DM, because we haven't had much chance to playtest these, because obviously level 20 campaigns don't come around that often. <laughs> We're going mostly off experience here. It's something that you will have to balance the cooldown with yeah. inside your own party. So that's the Bard. An additional d6 to all your rolls, and everyone's got to dance. So what's next? Cleric. Oh, we've had some trouble with the cleric. We have had some trouble with the cleric. The reason is because we like the existing level 20. Yeah, it's one of the few ones that we marginally approved of. Yeah. <laughs> Just to give you a refresher, your divine intervention always succeeds. And it says in the book, when you cast your divine intervention, the DM chooses a spell to kind of make that wish come true. Yeah, which so is you, probably going to be the wish spell. You beg, <laughs> you beg God to make something happen, and then the DM chooses a spell that, I mean, is totally up to the DM. Usually, it's probably something that's appropriate to like the situation. Yeah, but the the problem is that within the rules, this has a lot of leeway. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on here. So it's very hard. The, the ones that we came up with, there were three that we kind of came up with. So you can take these, mix them, merge them, ignore them, however you wish. The first one we spitballed was a type of mass heal, but it was very hard to differentiate that from the other mass heals. A lot of them cure status effects, a lot of them heal tons. Obviously, the first place your brain goes to is heal everyone for 100% of their health and maybe add some temporary hit points and heal all their status effects. But it's very close to some other things and it's, it's probably something you could do with a wish spell, really. Yeah, and it lacked a kind of like, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It felt very vanilla. 
Yeah. So we thought maybe having that as an option in addition to the other things, which led us to a teleport spell. Yeah, this one's a little bit more unique. Yeah, so the teleport spell was you can teleport any amount of creatures you choose within 30 feet of you to a temple that is dedicated to your god or a location that is dedicated to your god, something holy that the DM approves of. Yeah, you might be able to set something like this up too in places that you visited before. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You could consecrate some ground and set it up as a place you could teleport to. Mm -hmm. Now, how is this different to the normal teleport spell? We call this divine teleportation. That's the start. The name is different. Yeah, that's and that's it. <laughs> but the normal teleportation spell, there's a table that you roll on, depending on how familiar you are with the location. And yeah. then it's how close you get. So it's mostly leaning into the success of your teleportation. So you roll a d100, there's like a 25% chance of you actually landing in the place that you want to go if you're very familiar with it. Mm. Um, and then you've got uh, mostly like a 75% chance of landing within best case like scenario. a few kilometers or something. Well, but it, it gets pretty bad. With this one, however... Guaranteed success. You're guaranteed to get there. Well, but yeah, the, <laughs> the destination's guaranteed to be there. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you roll a d10. On a 9 or 10, you and your party are fully healed. We talked about this. This was something that we ummed and are a bit about because if you're teleporting to a safe place, you probably don't need the healing, but it, it's there. Like, we'll mention it. It's there if you want it. So you teleport, you're fully healed, status effects, all that stuff. It's like having a long rest or whatever. If it's a 7 or 8, you heal half your hit points, something like that. We'll leave that up to DMs to sort out. The rest is normal unless you roll a one, in which case you've taken a wrong turn somewhere in the multiverse <laughs> and you end up in a space between worlds on a different plane somewhere and there is a pit fiend before thee. Now this pit fiend you're gonna have to fight and you're gonna have to go 1d4 rounds. Yeah, so the idea here is that if this is an out, if this is ideally something that you want to use as a last option on the table, you need to leave this place. This is worst case scenario, and you just have to survive. So use whatever it is that you have at your disposal yeah. to just survive. So we thought it added a quite cool edge. Yes, yeah, way more on theme for yeah. clerics, right? Because you're fight you're li literally fighting evil to save your <laughs> friend's souls. Yeah. It was something we talked about what the big problem we had with this spell was why would you use this instead of teleport? Instead of a normal teleport spell. And the conclusion we kind of came to was wizard die is squish. Wizard Wizards is are squishy. Maybe you wouldn't have a wizard in your party or a wizard has already used his seventh, eighth, ninth spell slots. Yeah. Because this doesn't use a spell slot. This is either a separate thing or you can tie it to your divine intervention. We yeah. haven't quite decided on that yet. And I'm imagining the cooldown of seven days. Like clerics are usually the last ones down. Yeah, because they're quite beefy, they can heal themselves. So people are on death saving throws, you're just like, we need to get out of here now. Mm -hmm. Boom, you are out. Yeah, just hope that you don't have to hit that pit fiend. <laughs> <laughs> so we also talked a lot about odds and yeah. how to make this fair. We kind of came to the conclusion that a one in 10 chance, that's okay. I mean, most of the times you're gonna be getting out of this, no problems. Yeah. But it also means rounds. that there is an element of danger to it. And also if you want, you could 
maybe up to the DM, try and increase those odds if you want to try and kill the pit fiend. <laughs> maybe that could be like a subplot to your game or something. Yeah. But you have to do it within 1d4 rounds or yeah. something. That could be a very, very fun game. Because your existence on this plane is unstable. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's our cleric ideas. Yeah. It's and a then mishmash of a few things. The last one. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> the last one I was thinking... You've got to be in a very particular type of game yeah. to be the last one. So this one, like, was... This one was my idea. I was thinking that it would be more, like on the roleplay side of things, the existing, I was leaning into the divine in intervention because I kind of liked it as an existing feat, but I thought, ah, it's kind of tough to just like have this thing that you just say, oh, it automatically succeeds. You can call, ask, ask God, ask daddy God <laughs> to help you do literally whatever at any moment in time. It's like, well, what was this like really look like? If you do this, I imagine like a just and fair God <laughs> would probably want to weigh all of the options and see like what's really going on. So I thought it'd be really funny to have divine court I love it. Like, <laughs> you have to present your case, like so. You use so it goes divine from combat to a talking yeah. game, and of course, because it's like uh, you know God scale of things. It's probably I don't know. It could be any kind of situation. I'm imagining in my head that there's like this enormous courtroom where everything's just like hilariously huge. Yeah, and you're just like a small thing inside of this enormous chair and stuff, and you have to present your arguments in front of like the judge God. Right. It's it's great. It's again such room for improvisation. As yeah, well. definitely more of a role play type of thing. And then the the DM god can decide what happens mm. based on the arguments. And it doesn't have to be like you succeed or fail. There's like a yeah, there's kind a lot of, of room to maneuver. With yeah, decision. like you can end up deciding. And this gives the DM some time to think about what would be an appropriate thing to like happen in this case. Yeah, I think it's a really good one. There's the idea. DMs, take it, run with it. Yeah. There's not much rules baggage with that one, but I think if you add rules baggage to it, it will just make it crap. <laughs> yeah, it's already pretty open-ended even in the original Divine Intervention spell, so just yeah. kind of like, this could be an opportunity to just have a lot of more roleplay, but if you're in a roleplay minimal game, it's probably not what you want. Yeah, also, it doesn't necessarily have to be a god of justice. You can just take it to the god's court of whatever that god thinks is justice. Ah, right. So if you're a god of death or cruelty, like, you take it to the death and cruelty court and you've got a campaign for the most cruelty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lean towards whatever the gods, like, I guess, domain is. Like, what are they about and having to do that? So the last one we're talking about, which is again one of the more straightforward ones, was the druid. Yeah. Now, we've played in games with druids. They love communing with nature, so why not give them a bit of nature? Yeah, it's your nature now. Druids can summon a treant, which is an ent. It's an ent. There's rules for it. It's a challenge rating nine. Yeah, they're pretty strong. Yeah, we, we tried making our own like Trient to try and balance it and stuff, but... We think it's fine. Yeah, just use the one. The only thing I would take is the Animate Trees ability. If you take away the Animate Trees ability... Um, yeah, because that leans like a recursion problem that might be kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is the cooldown for this? 
So the cooldown, we were kind of going back and forth on this. One idea was that it's like photosynthesis. So you have to spend eight hours a day outside in direct sunlight for an amount of days. Yes. And it could be one day or a few days or yeah. whatever. Or you could do it like accumulative hours. So you've got to spend a total of 24 per hours per ent in yeah. the sun, however you do that. Again, yeah. this is something you leave up to DMs, you decide. Yeah, a D&D &D day is typically eight hours whenever you have to like do a thing. So it could just be that, like that amount of days, and then direct sunlight. So you gotta yeah. just be like hilariously always outside. So you get an ent, and that's cool, he's your buddy, you get to direct him around. This ent lasts for an hour, mm. and at any time in this hour, you can make the ent solidify into a kind of living oak statue. Yeah, so we were thinking this could be used for a multitude of different purposes, like whether you want to reinforce something because yeah. it's like a strong material. Right? Yeah, super strong. When when we say like this oak, I'm thinking like the oak that old castle doors are made of kind yeah. of thing, and they're so just weather beaten and stuff. They're like almost flame resistant as well. Yeah. That, that kind of oak. Oak of ages. The oak of old. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool because you can have the ent, I'm gonna call them ents because that's what they are. Yeah. You can have the ent take Also we don't know how to pronounce tree, tree, tre 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 <laughs> I just keep having truant. Trent. You can have the ent take a form and it's there forever, really. As long as nothing fucks with it, it's there for a few hundred years, maybe more. Yeah, and you can use this to block entrances, reinforce structures, build things, you know? Could yeah, be... exactly. If you need help getting across a passage, he can literally just turn his body into a bridge. Yeah. Hold on to one end, feet on the other, solidify. <laughs> yeah. We like this because there's a lot of... Versatility. Yeah, versatility. There's a yeah. lot of options open. Adventuring versatility too, not just the battle stuff. Yeah, on top, well, on top of that, you have a fucking end. Yeah, he is pretty, <laughs> yeah, he's a strong boy. Yeah, he has a challenge rating 9. So that's our ideas for a level 20. Let us know what you think. Message me, toby at ruleswritenshow.com. Yeah, hey, Gary Gogax. <laughs> you can help us out on Patreon, Rules is Written. We're up there. Yep, and don't forget to rate us on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. I don't think iTunes exists anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give us a review. We'd be very, very grateful for that. Recommend us to your friends if you think we're worthy. If All we're worthy. Of, yeah. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Until next time. Catch you later. See you.